You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. So let's talk about this first uh, topic talking about this four game losing streak. So the Knicks continued their losing skit over the weekend, dropping games to both the Hawks on Friday and the Raptors on Sunday. New York did overcome a 17 point deficit in the second quarter to take the lead against the Toronto Raptors in the third quarter of this game on Sunday, but were absolutely blitzed when the fourth quarter started. Toronto uh, started in that fourth quarter on a 24 to 10 run that pretty much put the game away. Fred Van Vliet, who has really become a Nick killer this season. Had another big game. He had 28 points in this win for Toronto. Pascal Siakam and Gary Trent Jr. each had 24. For the Knicks, R.J. Barrett led all scorers with 30 points in his homecoming back to his uh, stomping grounds in the Toronto area. Julius Randle had 23 points uh, and a season-high 19 rebounds, so another rebounding clinic put on by Julius, but not enough for the W here. Interesting to note, Emmanuel quickly did not play in this game due to a sore knee. He worked it out. He came into the game questionable. And Knicks held him out. The idea is that it's not a serious injury, but um, he was not able to go, and that was noteworthy. Interestingly enough, Obi Toppin, who had one of his best games in a while, scored 14 points, only played 11 minutes in this game. It was pretty much invisible when it came to the fourth quarter. So I want to start there because it seemed like a lot of the conversation from this game started with that uh, or ended with that, at least in terms of, of how people saw this game. You know, you had Obi Toppin, who we talked about ad nauseum on the show and his inability to get consistent minutes. There's a game last night where Emmanuel quickly is out, so you know you need more fans scoring. Obi Toppin was an absolute flamethrower from three, and yet only 11 minutes in this game. Uh, Tommy, how did you feel about how Coach Tom Thibodeau handled Obi's playing time in this one? Yeah, I think uh, you know where I'm going with this one, EJ. Um, I do. As, you, as you mentioned, Knicks came out flat. Um, Raptors up 15 at the end of the first quarter, hit their first five threes, seven, 11 from three from, from downtown, um, entered the second quarter with a 15 point lead. Obi comes in and gets hot, hits four straight three pointers has a steal that leads to a three pointer. Um, Knicks cut the deficit down to five, um, obviously sparked by, uh, Obi's energy on both ends of the floor and his production from downtown. Obi checks out uh, around five minutes left in the second quarter. For the rest of the game, there's 30 minutes of game time left. End of the second quarter, the full third quarter, the full fourth quarter. Obi plays three minutes over those final 30 minutes. Obi Toppin on a day when the Knicks don't have Emmanuel quickly, their best bench scorer, when Mitchell Robinson, their starting center, is, is injured, forcing them to start Jericho Sims and, and play extended minutes to Isaiah Hardenstein, who's been terrible over the last two weeks. On that day, in that game, where he has the best quarter he's had this season, maybe, you know, in, in two months, certainly, he plays 10 minutes and 31 seconds. Um, uh, I, I don't know, I, you know, you <laughs> What's there to say? Um, it's it's yeah. a poor decision. It, it doesn't make sense to me. 
Um, it's a, it, if there was ever a time and a place for Obi to get play extended minutes, whether that's in place of Hardenstein, whether that's alongside Randall, whether that's in place of Sims, listen, are there pros and cons you can weigh? Absolutely. But again, the Hardenstein minutes have not been beneficial. They've not been working. So, um, why not take a chance? And if you don't want to sub out Randall, um, then, then have him play alongside Obi, um, Made no sense to me, and uh, I think it was a relatively indefensible coaching decision. Yeah, I mean, Tom Thibodeau is getting raked through the coals for this particular coaching performance, and I think he deserves it. Uh, the Obi Toppin minutes made uh, – lack of minutes, rather – made absolutely no sense, especially when you talk about the matchup because this is a team you're playing in Toronto who you know won't play a lot of size. They're very long, but they don't have, like, really a traditional five, really with the exception of – Boucher, kind of like I don't even know. He's, if he's, yeah, he's a stretch five anyway. He's a yeah. stretch five, but I mean size in terms in terms of like he's seven foot. You know, he's yep. a real big in that regard. Otherwise, though, they're playing a lot of combo forwards um, at center. You know, you know, Young is playing center. Pascal Siakam is playing center. Achua is playing center. So this is not a team that you would feel like. Well, you know, they could just overwhelm us with their size and strength, and then playing Obi at the center or Randall at the center would just kill you. This is the absolute best chance you have to maybe try a lineup like that, especially in a game that you kind of saw Knicks didn't really have it defensively for a lot of this game, especially in the first and the fourth quarter where, okay, it might become kind of a shootout kind of a, of a, of a, of a up-tempo kind of game. This is the kind of game where you can try this, uh, you know, four or five lineup with OB and Randall and Tibbs is reluctant to go to it. I feel like it's one of those things where it's confirmation bias for him. Like, he goes, he went to it uh, in the Atlanta game for a little bit. It did not look good to his credit. And I think that was, okay, see, guys, I told you it sucks. And now I'm never going to go to it ever again. And it's like, well, if you don't actually give it a real shot, it's never going to work. Because those guys also have to get rhythm. They also have to get chemistry playing together. I don't know how often they practice. I get the impression they don't practice it much at all. And Tim is a big guy on, you know, you practice what you what you do in the games. But like you gotta spend like legitimate practice time on it, and then when it goes, when you go out there and you try it out in the game, you have to give it real time because we know that this Hardenstein starting, you know, playing the five and the minutes he's getting, like that's not giving them anything. Like they've practiced that, they've tried that, they've been going with it all year, and Hardenstein hasn't given them anything. So we know what you're getting with Hardenstein playing his 15 to 20 minutes a night. So you're better off trying to go with Obi Toppin here and say, okay, what do we have with this? There may be some bumps in the road. There may be some uh there may be some 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 uh you know some growing pains with it, but there's no commitment to actually giving it a shot. So it's never gonna really work because the coach doesn't doesn't want it to work. Like I really don't believe he wants it to work. So this is the kind of game where where Obi I don't know, was he the second best Nick on the floor in that game? Like you can make the case he was. I mean, he, he had 14 points in 11 minutes. Uh it, you know, make case we say, okay, me RG at 30. I think Arch's defense is really starting to struggle, though. I mean, because he was offensively. I mean, it's tough to see Scotty Barnes just kind of just bully him around the basket. And and I don't know. For a guy who looked like he had real two-way potential, RJ looks like a guy who's only concerned about his offense right now. But if you say, okay, besides RJ, OB can make the case with second-best player. You know, Randall had a very good game on the glass, but, you know, turnovers hurt him. Brunson, I thought, had – he had 21 points, but I thought it was the most empty 21 points I've seen from him this year. He did not have a good game. So you got a guy playing that well, and you can't find time for him. But then you have a guy in Evan Fournier who played that poorly, and you found 21 minutes for Evan Fournier. That also, to me, nonsensical. Because you had Quentin Grimes, who, albeit, did not have his best game, but we know that he's a much better threat as a defender. We know that he can hit shots. 
And you have him on the bench for a lot of that fourth quarter. And, and, and Evan Fournay is out there still playing. I thought one of the keys in this game as well was Deucey Bryce's defense. And I thought that he kind of changed the the, the the feel of the game. He kind of brought physicality to the game. And instead of taking Evan Fournay out, he kept taking Deuce McBride out. And I know Deuce McBride couldn't shoot, but they were actually guarding a little bit with Deuce McBride out there. So uh, it was a disaster class from Tom Thibodeau in this game. And it, it, it's, it's not surprising that you're starting to see people question, you know, what, what is going on and, and, and is it even possible that Knicks can even survive this little stretch without Mitch if this is how Tibbs is going to coach this? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Let's go a little bit point by point here. Um, I'll, I'll try to touch on some of the things you highlighted. Yeah. Um, Hartenstein, over his last 12 games, averaging 2.8 points in 14.4 minutes while shooting 36.1% from the floor. During that stretch, he's one of 13 in the paint non-restricted area. That's on his floaters, one of 13. Um, a seven-foot center shooting 38.2% on two-point field goals. That's including dunks. That's not good. Um, By the way, I'm glad those numbers confirmed what I said on the last podcast, that the heightened heart and sign float is becoming one of my most hated shots of any or any hated moves of any Nick player that I've ever watched. So the one for 13, I love that. That, that, is, that, that is the number there. That was right and it's clear that he's playing with no confidence. It's just the one he attempted last yeah. night, you know, just wasn't there. He hasn't even he's, he hasn't he's shot one one three pointer in the last you know, two three pointers in the last month. He's kind of given up on that, um, rightfully so, because he was shooting below thirty percent. But um, it's ugly out there. And again, as as far as defense, yes, um, Obi is a subpar defender and has been a subpar defender up to this point in his career. He definitely needs to improve on the defensive end. Um, but again, it's not as though the Knicks are a great defensive team and you bring Obi in and all of a sudden they fall apart over the last four. It's not, and, and they've given up 125 points in each of the last two games. First time since 2019 that they have allowed 125 points, but it's not just the last two games going back four games. They're allowing 125.6, uh, 125.8 points per game. Their opponents are scoring, um, you know, during this four game losing streak. Um, so that, that is another issue. Um, again, there, there's, there, you're running out of reasons not to play Obi. Um, and also you, you mentioned the, the Fournier situation, him getting twice as many minutes as Obi. I thought if the worst decision Tibbs made on Sunday night was not playing Obi right in the running, uh, maybe one and one a was starting the fourth quarter, his refusal to stagger Brunson and Randall's minutes to, and, yeah. and not have one of those guys on the floor at the start of the fourth quarter on a right on, on a, in a typical regular game, it boggles the mind. But last night you didn't have Emmanuel quickly for the first time all year. In those in those fourth the start of those fourth quarters in, in, in games past, at least you have IQ who can do a reasonable job of facilitating, running the offense. Last night you started the fourth quarter with McBride and Fournier as your starting backcourt with Hartenstein at center. Um, that's a recipe for disaster. As yep. you know, um, Raptors come out 11-0, 11-0 run, uh, and that basically ended the game. He rushed Randall and, and Brunson back in there, but it was essentially too late. Um, so again, that's another situation that that you know you know he he can get knocked for. One last thing you mentioned, R.J. Barrett. 
pros last five games he's averaging 26.5 points six point uh 6.0 rebounds um knicks have lost each of those four games and rj has by far the worst plus minus in the team the knicks have been outscored by 52 points in the 167 minutes rj's been on the floor during that four game stretch um i agree with you he's he's you know his box scores look good but it doesn't match the eye test and the and the and the net ratings also are are incredibly damning of rj barrettably yeah yeah and like i said before he just i think he needs to focus on impacting the game beyond just scoring like i think that Look, he, he wasn't scoring the ball earlier earlier this season, so I'm glad he's scoring the ball the way he is and an efficient rate. Like, I think that RJ's uh, development as an offensive scorer, you got to really love what you're seeing for the most part for the last, uh, now I think you say about two months. But, again, the lack of defense, um, the way he started that fourth quarter, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that goes into Tip saying, I'm going to put you out there with Fournier, McBride, and Hartenstein. But he's also giving you the, the, the lead would say, hey, I need you to keep this and keep this game close. And I thought RJ started that fourth quarter miserably. So that also uh, is, is something that RJ has got to be able to understand, that when you have a game like that and you're playing with other players, you got to be at your best in that moment. The game, the moment you mentioned playing with, you know, Randall and with Brunson, like, you know, what we get from you at that point is almost like, you know, icing on the cake. It's almost like a luxury. It's almost a, it's, a, it's just a plus to what you already have. It's when he's with those bench guys where he has to kind of carry the load. And there have been too many times this season where Tibbs has decided to kind of give RJ that role, even with quickly out there. And he hasn't really played well in those stretches. And a lot of times the game is turned in those stretches. And like you said, it makes me kind of wonder if, if, if they should be staggering differently. Should Brunson be the first guy that comes out in the third quarter and in the first quarter? And then he plays with McBride and those guys. I know it's tricky because with IQ's back, you can't play three guards. But then maybe it's Randall. Like, also, that would be a great way to get Obi more minutes is playing with the starters. Take Randall out first. Let Randall then play with those other bench guys. He definitely is, I think, more equipped for it than RJ because I think Randall brings more gravity to the defense. Teams will have to double him more. It will get these guys more open shots. But, we're talk- again, sometimes it feels like I'm talking to a cloud because we're talking about making adjustments and thinking creatively to solve problems. And it just seems like Tibbs is not interested in thinking creatively. He's he's determined that he's already he already has – the only solution that's possible, and he's going to do it until it works. And and as long as Tibbs has his six best players and he can play them 44 minutes a night and they never get hurt and they're always healthy, and, you know, then they'll be fine, you know. Uh, you know, But uh, unfortunately, that's not the way the league works. And the Knicks have been incredibly lucky that they've been, uh, you know, they haven't suffered any significant injuries to their, their key cogs. Um, Randall's played in every game. Brunson's only missed a few. RJ's only missed a handful um, with the finger issue. Um and the other thing to note about last night, the Knicks actually had a rest advantage. The Raptors yeah. played a heartbreaker, you know, a close game right down to the wire against the Celtics the prior night. They were playing without OG Ananobi, their best defender. Um, you know, Fred Van Vliet came back from a rib injury. Um, the one the one coach that leans more heavily on his starters than Tibbs does is Nick Nurse. Um, so you figure, and they blew it, and they blew a big fourth quarter leads the Raptors did in each of their previous two games. You figure if there's one chance for the Knicks to kind of get over the hump and finally um, you know, get back in the win column and kind of knock things out, you know, and, and, and get on the right side of that fourth quarter point differential. Um, last night was an opportunity to do so and, and very important opportunity because, and we'll talk about this, the Knicks schedule coming up here is going to get ugly. Um, it's going to get very challenging, very difficult. Six of the next seven opponents above 500. They play each of the top five teams in the East, Cavs, Nets, um, Sixers, 
Heat. They play each. Uh, they play each of those teams in, in, over that next that this seven game stretch. So um, that was a game the Knicks kind of really needed to win. Um, this this the losing streak is at four. They need to they need to nip in the bud. And the question at this point remains: Is there any way the Knicks can get to the All Star break um, at five hundred or above? Right now, it, it seems rather unlikely. Yeah, I say look out below right now. This is this is a a concerning part of this schedule. You mentioned the teams that they have coming up. We know Mitchell Robinson will likely not be in any of these games we're talking about. This is this is you know scary hours for lack of a better term for the Knicks to me. I mean, you, because I don't see unless there's a trade that's made, I don't see where they kind of fix their issues. Like defensively, they look lost. Um, I, I don't know how many games are going to watch where the Knicks can have some success offensively, and the team says, "All right, let's just go to his own." And then the Knicks once again can't execute. Zone offense. Like, I was like, I feel like I've been talking about this for so many years. Last night, I was like, let me search, like, my Twitter. I'm, when was the last time, when was the first time I mentioned about Knicks struggling on zone offense? It was 2001. And the tweet was me saying, the Knicks have been struggling with zone offense for two seasons now. I've been talking about the Knicks struggles with zone offense for three seasons, three years. That goes beyond even the tips tenure. Like, why can't the Knicks execute against a zone? Like, to me, like, when I watch other teams go to zone, oftentimes it's like, desperation it's like we can't get a stop and let's hope they miss some jump shots and normally it doesn't work like normally it does not work the Knicks are the only team in the NBA where teams use that as an actual ace in the hole if they can't guard them and the Knicks can't execute they run a lot of high screen and roll on against pick and roll against a against a zone offense which is a little unorthodox it's not crazy I know a lot of people saying why do you do that there are t- there's there's certain plays that I see you do that but do a lot of on ball screens against zone offense against zone defenses. Oftentimes, it also seems like they don't recognize that the team's in zone, especially in the first few possessions early on, because they're still running their man-to-man offense. I know it because I watch their man-to-man offense regularly. Like, I don't understand what the deal is where they can't execute into zone. But uh, you had Nate McMillan on Friday saying, yeah, man, you know, they were go- they were hot, so we just went to zone, and, you know, <laughs> things were great. And then last night, same thing happens, and it's uh, it's the same old story with the Knicks. But, yeah, the way the schedule shakes out, I'm 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 very concerned. That being said, when we have counted the Knicks out, you know, the five game losing streak and, and some other low points of season, that tends to be when they bounce back and um, play a really good game. And, and the Knicks still have Brunson. He's going to win them a game at some point. Randall's mm-hmm. playing at a very high level, um, especially on the offensive end. You know, those two guys will combine for 16 one night and, and, and Barrett will chip in 20 and Grimes will hit four threes. And they'll, you, know, you assume they'll get some wins, but nothing is guaranteed going forward. And there's definitely cause for concern. Um, you know, it, I don't think, obviously, we're you know we're not shocked by it. You know, there were some other folks talking about oh, the Knicks can maybe secure home you know home court advantage in the playoffs during that you know that stretch. I think we were always of the mind where you know best case scenario, can they hold on to sixth? Six, um, yep. You know, they they lost uh, the Heat one last night combined with the Knicks loss means the Knicks are now in seventh, just a half game ahead of the Hawks, who looked amazing against the Knicks um, and then got and then got beat badly by a terrible yeah. Hornets team. Um, which makes the Knicks loss look even that much worse. Um, that's what's annoying about the season, too, is that we're seeing like teams like the, the Hawks and the Raptors who look terrible against everybody yeah. else. Yeah. When they play against the Knicks, they look great. Like, I, like that is annoying. And one, the Knicks do have a four-game lead on the Raptors, who are about to enter a hellacious stretch. They have an eight-game West Coast road trip. 
um, you know, back-to-backs, Golden State, then uh, they start with the Kings, then a back-to-back in Golden State and Portland, then they go to Phoenix. So things are about to get ugly for the Raptors, who are banged up and who have played their starters excess amount of minutes. Uh, one other thing, too, like, you know, like the defense, the, the, the Tibbs defenders claim, you know, uh, other other teams are, are playing their starters, you know, just nearly as much as the Knicks. Yes, and they're getting knocked for it. Like Nick Nurse is, is, is right. you know, surprisingly on the hot seat, given as well as, you know, the, the, the amount of credit he had built up, you know, during the championship season, the head coach of Team Canada. Um, but there are a lot of Raptors fans in, in and around the organization that are worried with the, the minutes there, that, that their key guys are playing. Um, but the Knicks uh, uh, are still four games up on the Raptors, but they're now three and one head to head. So uh, the Raptors, the 11 seed. So if it came down to a 10 seed and, you know, to get into the playoffs or between the eighth and the ninth seed, which one um, goes up into that, that top half of the playing bracket, which half is the bottom that could factor in the fact that the Raptors have the tiebreaker or something to keep in mind. Yeah. I just feel like the people who, who want to somehow defend playing guys, 35, 40, 42 minutes a night. I mean, to me, it's like, I don't know. Do you, do you still believe in the dinosaurs? Like, like look at the teams that have won championships recently. The Bucks, the Warriors, the Raptors, all teams, you know, Raptors prior to this Nick Nurse situation, yeah. all teams that have embraced uh, load management, embraced rest for their best players. These are not teams that are saying, no, we're going to play these guys 40 minutes. We don't care if they get hurt. We don't care what happens. Those teams win championships. It'd be different if you could find me, well, look, the last four, Tibbs won the last five championships. Right. So how can you guys talk about minutes being an issue? Like the only guys I see losing are the coaches like Tibbs. And and Tibbs' issues with this go back a decade, fifteen years. You know, ask right. Noah and and Derrick Rose and and the and the Timberwolves situation. Like this and is Lil Dang. Yes, yes, yes. Lil Dang still still recovering from from playing forty minutes, forty five minutes a night. Yeah, it's 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 um it's it's just, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I think that there's an attitude that he's kind of helpless because the Knicks don't have much talent, but that's, that's on the front office. Like to me, like if there's any way, if there's any reason to say they they should be like, that's to me is that's, that's the thing you should be hammering Leon for is that you can't play Isaiah Hartenstein 25 minutes that you can't play Evan Fournier 20 minutes. Like that to me is your biggest deal. Say now they need to play more because you can't have your starters playing, you know, endlessly throughout the entire game. But the fact that Tibbs can't go to those guys and them guys give them anything is 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 to me a, a indictment on the front on the front office. And to but also to your point, you you, you played Randall and and Obi you know, four minutes together in the Hawks against the Hawks and they had a and they had a poor showing. Uh, that means it can't work. No, you don't. You don't play Randall forty-four minutes over three weeks, and then have you know, no. You sprinkle that in a game here, a game there, three right. minutes here, five minutes stretch, an eight-minute stretch in the in the second half of a back-to-back. Uh, you know, and then one of the first fifteen games of the year. This way, it's not. You know, you're not thrown into the mix where you're desperate and, and trying something new. If you slowly but surely, incrementally, not only do you. Uh, limit the minutes to wear and tear proactively on your star players, but you also give yourself an opportunity to adjust more easily if and when those star players need to rest or get injured or whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Again, it's talks about being creative, taking forward, and taking have that. Next-